Number one, yeah. number one psych ward. Number one psych ward. Number one psych ward is, and we're rolling. Uh, number one psych ward is what should I call it? What should I call it? Uh, it's up there. It's on the north side. It's in Oral Valley. Dude, I was thought like they should make it like it doesn't make sense to fifty one fifty someone at all. Like if you're gonna traumatize them, because like emergency fucking me- mental health shit is not at all sophisticated. It's just it's just oh, traumatizing. So, like, you should almost be like, uh, we're going to indefinitely detain you, like, me and your friends. Like, you're stuck in this room, we're watching Disney movies until you calm the fuck down type shit, you know Yeah, I mean? until you get your fucking screws back tightened. Yeah, because, uh, dude, I've been 5150 before, and it's the worst. Like, the cops come, and they put you in cuffs, and you're just like, I literally didn't do anything illegal, and now I'm in handcuffs. Like, this is the worst. Just because I'm feeling a certain type of way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is the, I've only been in handcuffs, uh, not recreationally, two times. And it was both because of 5150. I've never been arrested. I get away with everything. But, like, fucking getting put in the psych ward and taken down there with fucking handcuffs is is the worst. And nothing about it made me feel better. All it did was put me in a mind state where I was like, okay, so now I'm going to act however I need to act to get out of here because I don't want to fucking be here. This is awful. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, we're all smart enough to know the answers to the questions they ask. But this is what I'm I mean, just because I feel this way, I know not to say that. Yeah, no, and I I defy anyone to honestly, sincerely say that they don't have thoughts of killing other people or themselves. Like, you'd have to be insane. Like, with the people that are out in the world, you don't get pissed off enough that you just want to fucking choke someone? You're lying. Just going to the grocery store. I mean, you always meet some asshole that cuts you off or is rude or you do something nice for it and you don't get a thank you or you're welcome or anything like that. Yeah, you remember when that dude fucking ran his car through all those people in the parade? He just, like, drove his fucking truck through the parade of, like, old people doing cheerleading and shit? Like, and everyone's like, oh, how could he? It's like... You, you can't imagine yourself just like you're driving to work and there's a parade in front of you and you're like, God damn it. Yeah. Oh, now it's old people dancing. I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> yeah, there's no protection for them. You're like, I, I didn't see one cop so far. I'm assuming this is an unsanctioned parade. Yeah, dude, having violent thoughts is like a normal part of being a person. Like, you can almost make an argument that it's therapeutic to consider suicide because it's like, at least there's a way out. You know? Yeah, like, I, I can put you to sleep that night and you live another day. <laughs> Trust me, I, I've only been voluntarily, but my sister, uh, I got a fun one with my sister. She, when she went, she was cutting herself and all that, you know, the typical little goth girl thing. Uh-huh. And uh, she, uh, when they came in and we took her to the doctor, she's trying to jump out of the car going over some train tracks. And I'm like, the weakest I've ever held a door was my sister trying to get out of the car. And I just like, I let go. I like, let it go so she could jump out. And I was like, stop her. I'm like, I'm trying. I'm trying. so Because we weren't going fast enough that I knew it would kill her. Yeah, yeah I, I just knew she was going to get banged up a little bit and feel like a fool. But when we got to the doctor's office, like, I'm sitting in a pediatrician's office just hanging out, and I get three... Was she a toddler? Yeah, she was 15. <laughs> okay. She was 15. Yeah, but in a pediatrician's office, so, like, there's, like, I'm assuming other appointments going on and whatnot, and uh, three of the biggest security guards I've ever seen in my fucking life come through the door. And they stare me down like I'm the culprit. You know what I mean? Immediately. All they hear is an angry teen. And they had to drag my sister out. I watched them drag my sister out, like, and carry her, flick, you know, flailing out into the hallway. Like, I was, uh, that was my first opening to mental health. I like the idea of, of, of someone who's, like, six years old and people put them in the psych ward because they think that they're trying to commit suicide. But she, no, she just thinks she's the choo-choo train. That's all that. <laughs> she's just jumping out of here because she thinks she's one of the trains. She thought she was Tarzan and then the, when the ropes got wrapped around her. Yeah. Dude, fucking, yeah, dude, being in a psych ward is like feeling like an infant. It's fucking awful. The socks, do you still have the socks? Do you know what Yeah, they have the socks, yeah. The special socks that have, like, the grit on the bottom and shit. 
I want to get knuckle tats that say fall risk. Fall risk? <laughs> That's a good idea, right? I, I like that, yeah. Yeah, dude, the psych ward is not fucking relaxing at all. There's no part of it that makes any sense for, like, someone who's having a mental health crisis, and then you put them in this fucking room with a bunch of other people having a mental health crisis. And, and then wake them up at 5.30 in the morning to do vitals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and then you fucking, they, they watch Ben in Black 2 and Spider-Man 1 uh, over and over oh again. My God. That was what I remember. I remember being in fucking, like, matching reclining chairs with 30 other people all facing the same direction, watching Ben in Black 2 and Spider-Man 1 over and over and over again until the Chinese dude came and kicked me in the ribs and said, do you want lithium? So like, <laughs> you want lithium now? Uh, okay. Will it make this movie better? <laughs> <laughs> dude, I, they, they fucking, they gave me, like, the metal detector and shit the last time I was there. And then I realized, like, I had been wearing a steel cock ring, and, like, they didn't catch it somehow, and, like, I remember being like, hey, you guys forgot about this, and then the guy came up and he held it in his hand, and he was like, what is it? And I was like, it's a, it's a marital aid, and, <laughs> and he was like, what does that mean? And I was like, it's a cock ring, and he was like, oh, and he, like, dropped it on the floor, and it's all echoing in there, so it was like, ping, 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 and all the other mentals looking over at him, dropping a cock ring on the ground, it was great, never did get that cock ring back. <laughs> he threw that in the trash. <laughs> I don't even know what happened to it. It was I think it was probably just part of a fucking total gym too. I just like fucking used it. <laughs> it was a piece of a total gym. <laughs> yeah, because they got those little fucking hoops, you know? Anything's a cock ring if it's circular and you can get your cock in it, right? You know what I mean? If it doesn't let blood out but it lets it in. You know, uh, it's like any, if, if 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 I'm turgid and it fucking dangles, it's a fuck swing. That's what hey, I think. Uh, I used the hair tie the other day. I can't Dude, hair ties are perfect. <laughs> you always got one. Hair ties are perfect. I've seen people use fucking phone chargers and <laughs> for a cock. Yeah, dude, cock. Or like people who just like like oh uh, break open a fucking rubber and use the fucking bottom part as a cock ring. It's like why don't you wear a rubber instead? <laughs> you don't wear the condom where they cut it. Oh, yeah, that's dude. awesome. Yeah, it's fucking foul. People, gay people are foul sometimes. <laughs> uh, I've been learning that. It's uh, it's definitely a treacherous road. Dude, you're you're on grinder, huh? Yeah, I am. I uh, do. Every time I see I see someone I know on grinder, and I know from any other context, I'm like blocked, like immediately, like as soon as I know who it is. Like, dude, Jesus is on there. As soon as I see him, I'm like, blocked. really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he's on there. I don't know which one is him because you know how it's like. Really <laughs> there's sixteen of them. Well, no, well, no, yeah. There's a bunch of guys named Jesus. Yeah. There's uh, eight guys named the only one. <laughs> but dude, like the people on there, they're like aggressive as shit because it's like make no mistake about it, they're gay, but they're still men, dude. Like the fucking dudes are like, hey, send your location now. It's like you haven't told me any- like all I know about you is that you're fat, black, and uncircumcised, and you want to know where I live? You're out of your mind, dude. Yeah, I had I had one the other day. Would be like, I'm in a car down by so and so taking loads. I was just like, that's wow, that's too much for me. Like, I don't like a slot that much. Like, holy Christ, man. Yeah, dude, and and dude, I, t- I think I've sold this on stage. There was at the grocery store, and you know how the grinder sound is unique and like you can't change it. It's always like no matter what you do, it's oh, yeah, sound yeah. if you have the notifications on. I was in line at the grocery store, and my thing went off my pocket. I was like, Bruk! and this lady behind me was like, hey, my husband plays that game all the time. Oh, that's real? Yeah, dude. <laughs> I've heard you tell that. I didn't know that was real. Yeah, no, it was absolutely a real thing that happened. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. And, 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 and the dark secret about it is that all people have grinder, including straight women, which you got to be a dumb bitch. Dude, I <laughs> went on a date with a chick on... Okay, I got a fun one, too. I went on a chick a date with what I thought was a dude being a chick. 
It was a chick. Oh, damn. You were, you were like, all disappointed when you pulled her panties out and didn't get slapped? Well, like, no. I was mid-date. We were having the dinner, and I said something. He goes, she he goes, where's the cop? You, you think I'm a man? And I was like, well, we met on Grinder. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying is you got to be fucking stupid as fuck. Because, like, as a woman, you can literally get dick anywhere in the whole world except this one place that you found your date here. You are a dumb bitch, dude. That's crazy that you would be so fucking stupid. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Yeah, the people on there, they just, like, go all completely fucking lizard brain. It's it's insane the way that people behave on there. And they're, they're rude as fuck, dude. They're mean as hell. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. I've, I've blocked so many people just because I, I even on my shit that says don't, like, I don't want not safe for words right away, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I... I got, I'm okay. We can talk a little bit too, you know. Like, oh, I don't give a fuck. Send your dick pics. I don't give a shit. See, I don't know. Because I'll either get a good laugh or I'll enjoy it. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> dicks, dicks are great either way. You know what I mean? They're either vaudeville type slapstick shit or it's erotic. I don't like. I don't give a fuck either way. Your dick is beautiful to me in one way or another. Oh man, see, you're more, you're more pure hardcore than I am. On. No, it's just that I don't give a fuck. Nude men are funny, dude. Streaking at a sporting event is not, it's not hot, but it's not, it's not, it doesn't hurt me either. It's just silly. Yeah. You know. I, I this is funny. I see. I don't have the confidence to streak at a sporting event. I don't. I don't I'm not. I'll laugh at that's, it. That's one of my things that I always wanted to do is streak it at a at a minor sporting event. <laughs> <laughs> it's less of just, a crime. Just like a golf game. An amateur men's yeah. championship or trial? Yeah, I want to. I want to streak in a mock trial. <laughs> Jeez. So, like, might as well do some interview here while I got you. I'm honest. Okay. See, I want to know more about you. You're one of my most. Like, I'm excited to interview you because I. You're an enigma. Like nobody knows shit about you except your fucking. But I. I feel like I'm pretty open. No, you're yeah. extremely open. But there's there's always another layer. You're like an onion. Yeah. But uh, where were you born at anyway? Uh, I was born in, hold on, I remember this, because I didn't grow up there, it's in somewhere in California, not, I don't know, somewhere in California, but I grew up in Cholo, Arizona. So, really? You, yeah. I didn't know you were from Arizona that hard, you spent most of your time as a child there? Yeah, until I was 20, and then I moved to Seattle, and I got up to Seattle on my 20th birthday, like, on my 20th birthday I saw the skyline for the first time. That's, so yeah, you went from, is that a small town? Sholo? Yeah, I hear yeah. it's a fucking shithole, dude. It's like, it's, um, it's only claim to fame is, remember that movie, um, Fire in the Sky? Did you ever see that movie? Yeah. That's a movie about a guy in Sholo who thought he was abducted by aliens. Yeah. Well, dude, and that's a true story, right? Well, he says it's a true story. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I didn't. <laughs> he was abducted by aliens, fool. <laughs> yeah, like, so, but I mean, that was a real dude doing that. Saying yeah, that was a real guy who said that that happened. And Dude. then the other thing is, um, uh, David Spade's mother lives in my hometown and works at the Humane Society. Really? Yeah, and that's the only other thing. Like, he, he, he said some rude shit about, uh, Sholo being really behind the times and, like, a shitty redneck, like, the worst places. Like, the, oh, he called it the meth capital of the United States. That's what he called it, and he's not wrong. But, uh... <laughs> He said that, and then there was, like, this huge backlash, and he had to donate a bunch of money, so he donated it all to the Humane Society, which his mother works at, I guess. Yeah, so they got a new microwave in the break room and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess. I don't know what the... F- it's for the cats? That's <laughs> hey, man, I'm not gonna judge you about what you eat. Yeah, dude, I'll, 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 I'll fucking shit out of dead cat. I don't give a fuck. All the Asians in that town work at the Humane Society. I am <laughs> all the Asians in that town. Oh, yeah, you are... 
Yeah, um, you were born, but what were you born to? So, what, what is your complete genetic makeup? Uh, I'm Vietnamese, uh, I guess, uh, but my dad's a white dude, and I don't know my mom, who was the Vietnamese person. She, she speaks the language and shit, so it's legit Vietnamese, like, I'm loud and shit, but... I, I, I don't have any connection with the heritage or know how to speak the language in the slightest. I'm, I'm just a fucking drunk. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember I remember one time I was walking by a fucking nail salon, uh-huh. and they were in there, and they were just like, you know how like Vietnamese people talk? They're like, ah, 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 and they sound angry, and they're loud, and I was like, that's why I'm so fucking loud all the time, is because <laughs> I'm Vietnamese. It, and that was the first time it occurred to me why I'm racist about my own race. Uh, I like how you said you're like, uh, I see I'm Mexican, so it can be, it's okay for me to just be drunk randomly. <laughs> take a nap. Yeah, I'm so sleepy. Dude, I fucking, yeah, no, Vietnamese, I, I had jokes about it for a second, but I guess I'm not Vietnamese enough to get away with telling jokes about it, because they, like, didn't work at all. But. No, like, as far as, like, you're just a good-looking white guy. Yeah, I, I, I guess I qualify for white privilege, but there's it, it's counteracted by the fact that I'm filthy and I talk a lot of shit, so cops are cops fuck with me a lot, actually. Like, I don't get left alone by the cops in the slightest. They come over and fuck with me yeah, whenever see, they see me. <laughs> you're like a 10 on the punk rock scene. Yeah, but there isn't one here, so... <laughs> you know, the, you punk, are. the punks here are so fucking sensitive. I lived with the punks here for a little while, and my god, dude, they are namby-pamby as fuck. And I might even get backlash for this, but I don't give a fuck if anyone listens to it, because, like, fuck you guys, you guys were assholes. But, like, I lived in, like, the punk house here, and I remember one interaction I had with them was that they were like, they were like, hey, are you going to that poetry reading later tonight? And the other one was like, I don't know, it just sounds a little overstimulating. Like poetry reading. These are punk rock kids. Yeah, no, and I remember, like, dude, when I was a kid, we used to, like, beat the shit out of rednecks and then party with them. Like, we, we like, we, like were actually had some kind of but at the same time like I get it I'm old so like they get to define what that means now and I am just uh, lost the plot that's all that means wow. but I don't re- I don't relate to it in the slightest and and we didn't get along at all and it got to a point where they were like offended by everything so like I would recreationally say shit and like try to make them laugh at shit they didn't want to laugh at by being unexpected. So like one was like, you know what I hate? And I'd be like Mexicans, and, <laughs> and, and they're like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, it, was, it, it just became like a a, 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 a game for me. <laughs> yeah, you said it sort of. <laughs> yeah, they, they were just like fucking nine white people in a circle right outside my bedroom window at a house party, just solving racism. You know, just sitting out there solving racism, loud as fuck. And I'd be like, you guys mind jerking off a little quieter? I can't jerk off in here listening to you. Like, at least invite a brown guy and take his advice. Dude, they've met three in their whole fucking life. And one of them's Jesus. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus is white inside. (laughs) Yeah, no. He's browner than I am, but I feel like he has more white points than I do. Yeah, I mean he's the he's the Chicano showcase runner. That's the that's the most Mexican thing about him. Do you remember when I fucking did the roast battle last time? Uh, vaguely. Dude, I lost to this dude who like nobody fucks with. Like everybody doesn't like him. I guess I never found him offensively unfunny, but like it, like a lot of people were shitty to him, and I remember losing to him because I said a joke about him because he looked he looks like a white kid, but he's Mexican, I guess. And I said the only thing Mexican about you is no one likes you. <laughs> and the crowd pulled back hard, dude. They hated it. Yeah. That was when I was dressed in a fucking Darth Vader onesie and I had a cane because I couldn't walk. Yeah. I think 
I remember you with a cane. Dude, I got bit by a black widow. I couldn't walk for like seven months. It was the fucking worst, dude. It was the worst thing that happened to me in a long time. How'd you end up getting... Where were you, where'd you get bit by I just a picked, I just picked up a fucking pile of wood. Yeah, and it was in there. And it just like got me... That's why I'm like... You see my hands? They're like shaped differently. This is where it bit me. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah, it's... Well, it's, it's sunk in more. Almost like you're jaundiced on that hand. Yeah, no, it fucked me up, dude. And that was what I was telling you earlier about, like, they wouldn't give me painkillers at the hospital. Like, I was in Phoenix at the time because I went to go, like, dog sit for somebody. And uh, I woke up, like, in tears at their house. Like, I was fucking in so much pain and I couldn't move. And I, I, I was with my partner at the time and she takes me down to the fucking hospital and, like, basically has to fucking carry me in there. And I'm, like, twice her size. They get me in there. And the guy's, the guy's like, straight up, like, no, you're drug-seeking. I know you're drug-seeking, so I'm not going to give you anything for the pain. And, like, black widow bites, I don't know if you know this about them, they attack your central nervous system. People always think, like, oh, I know what that's like, and they relate it to, like, a brown recluse story. It's not like that. Like, a brown recluse, like, it necrophies your skin, and it eats, eats into your fucking skin, and it'll, like, leave a hole in your shit. But, like, the central nervous system gets attacked, and you can't fucking move. It's a like, neurotoxin, yeah. Yeah, it's horrific. And, like... The guy, the guy straight up was like zero humor because like at the time I didn't know what the fuck was wrong with me at first because like I, I was just like tripping about it. So I had taken like uh, the leg of a chair and I had wrapped it around my arm. <laughs> and when he came in, he was, he was like, what's this? And I was like, it's my stool sample. <laughs> and he just like stared at me. <laughs> and, That's cute. And he was like, anything inflammatory? I was like, just my remarks. <laughs> and he didn't have, he didn't have any humor about it. And I was like, listen, dude, if you don't give me something for the pain, I am telling you, I will go and get heroin. Give me something for the pain. I am in pain. If you don't give me that, fuck drug seeking, I will get drugs. I can check, let's see, we're in Phoenix, I'll check basically anywhere, and I'll find heroin. Yeah, all you gotta do is talk to the right person at the gas station. Yeah, and that was, and that was, that, yeah, that's exactly what happened. That was like the fucking six times I did heroin was while I was on fucking uh, that spider bite, and I couldn't fucking move, and it hurt bad, dude. Like, my whole body, my cat, like, gingerly jumped into my lap, and I was screaming for an hour after that. It was so horrific. Oh wow! You've only done heroin six times. Yeah, I don't like her. I don't like opiates. I, I yeah. think I'm fortunate though because like like fighting against stigma. Uh, for the record, everyone, uh, people who are sober lie and steal every day. So it's not about whether or not you're on a substance. But uh, heroin is something that people are just neurologically hardwired to enjoy or not. And there's nothing you can do to control whether or not your brain reacts positively to opiates or op opioids. And I just happen to be a person who doesn't enjoy them. Like, it makes me feel sick. It makes me feel itchy. It Good. makes me want to go to sleep, but I can't because I can't stop scratching myself. I can't piss. Like, I fucking hated it. But, Mark, like, I would absolutely do it all day long if I enjoyed it. I just don't. <laughs> I just don't. See, yeah, I wish I was that way. I think it's funny because when I'm like, oh, you're you're not, you don't like it, and you're like, I've done it six times. To any regular person, you know, they're like, that's still a lot. It's like, still, it's not. It's yeah, really... Bullshit. If you, yeah. if you fucking broke your leg and you've been on Percocets, you've been on the same shit, dude. It's all the same shit. And each time you took one, you did a little bit. Yeah, and like, that's how a lot of people get ca caught up in the fucking opiates is that like, they get injured badly. They get given these pain painkillers. And then they need more of them, and then the prescription gets cut off, so they gotta turn to fucking street drugs. It's not their fault, dude. I fucking ended up getting 30 Percocets because I had food poisoning one time. And I was like, are you trying Holy to get people addicted to opiates? Are you fucking out of your Holy mind? Holy shit. And like, this, I worked at Denny's at the time, and so like, I got food poisoning. Like, I wasn't even eating there. I got it because like, the food was getting, like, I was washing dishes, and the food water was getting on my chest. 
and that got it soaked into me, and that gave me food poisoning. Holy That's shit. That's how fucking foul it was. And, like, that was actually a great job. But, like, they gave me 30 Percocets, and I remember the guy was like, here, 30 Percocets, gave me the shit, and walked out, and the nurse literally looked at me, and she said, I have no idea why he just did that. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I don't either. I'm probably going to sell them all. And she was like, you should. <laughs> you should. That's an entrepreneurial move. Yeah, dude, there's no fucking reason. And then, like, all of a sudden, when I'm actually fucking in pain, they wouldn't give me anything. It was bullshit, dude. It's so asinine. Yeah, I got tapped by a car. And uh, what happened to me is I got tapped by a car, like a lady that wasn't paying attention hit me as I was going to sell Xanax, oddly enough, <laughs> in a quick trip parking lot. And I was like, what the fuck? And then uh, I called the lawyer just because she didn't even say sorry after she hit me. So I was like, fuck this shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, they gave me fucking uh, 40 Vicodin twice with a refill. And, like, I, my arm wasn't even swollen up. I mean, it was it was red, and it was a little puffy. You were just pissed off at her. Yeah, I was more pissed off than anything. But that ended up getting me hooked on fucking opiates, like, because I got that and that, and I didn't need it. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing about the fucking opiates. It's, like, it's not just that neurological fucking shit. Like, it's a physiological come down. Like, you, you just, you're running away from getting sick, so I can't even imagine what it's like. Dude. Oh, it was I've dumb. seen people addicted to opiates, and, man, I feel bad for them, dude, because they're, like, in shackles. They wake up, and they chase it, and then they go right back to sleep as soon as they get it. And that's their fucking life, dude. I feel bad for those motherfuckers. Oh, yeah, true hardcore addicts, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, opiate addicts in particular, dude, especially now that fentanyl's everywhere, dude. Fentanyl's everywhere. And, like, most of the time, if you're eating a Percocet, unless you see it come out of a bottle with a fucking name on it, like, that shit is not Percocet. That's fentanyl, like, 100% of the time. In this town, and people are smoking them and shit... Like, you can't smoke... You, you can't, can't smoke Oxycontin. They no, designed it specifically so that you can't do that anymore. So you're not smoking that. You're smoking fentanyl every time. And, like, that shit has turned people into monsters. Like, close friends of mine have been dead for years, and they're still alive right now. Like, walking around, like, not being themselves. Like, awful fucking human beings now. And it's sad, dude. I feel bad for them, dude. I feel bad for those fucking people. Oh, it was one of the worst times of my life, man. I used to just... But see, I worked for it, too. I always had a hustle or whatever, and then, uh... Well, they all got a hustle, even if it's, like, fucking buying up receipts in the Home Depot parking lot and fucking... No, I, see, I wasn't ballsy enough to do that. I could, I wasn't a good thief, either. I got a high anxiety. I did it, like, two or three times. I remember going to Walmart. Okay, so, like, the, the hustle was you go, in, you go to Walmart, and you gotta steal something, but it has to be less than $40. Because uh, three times a year... With an ID, you can go and exchange something for less than $40 with no receipt, right? So you steal it from one Walmart, then you go to a different Walmart with something that's less than $40. They exchange it, take your ID, that's one off of three a year you can do, and then you take that gift card they give you, which is the amount of money, and you run it down to a PLS. And at the PLS, they give you 80% of that money, which if you get something that's $40 exactly, rounds up to like whatever, $35, $36. And the whole time I'm thinking like, you know, it would probably be a lot easier to make money if I just got a job at fucking Walmart, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no we used to do that. Uh, you know, at, uh, back in the Midwest, though, it's not three times a year. It's quarterly. Oh, really? It's quarterly. You get it three times every quarter. Okay. Yeah, because, yeah, my buddy used to run a racket like that and... It, you know, you trade half that for some speed or some weed or whatever. Yeah, drug dealers are taking food stamps now, dude. <laughs> They're fucking yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah, there's no getting away from it. And, like, they, dude, it seems like fucking everything in anyone's power was done to fucking get everyone addicted to opiates. Now they're acting like it's this fucking epidemic. But, like, yo, we're sedated as fuck out here. 
Uh, did I tell you? Did I ever tell you the story about the time I fucking uh, accidentally sold a bunch of Xanax to an undercover cop? Holy shit! No. Yeah, dude, that was it. That was that was when I started like, oh, I'm gonna start doing something else. That was part of why I started dumpster diving instead of fucking selling drugs. Because I was in Maricopa, dude. You get caught doing that first offense is like 20 years selling fucking narcotics to somebody. Maricopa but, County. Yeah, in Maricopa in Phoenix, dude. And like, dude, just a personal amount of methamphetamine. In that in that county uh, is seven years mandatory, what? and like they have a slap on the wrist for every other substance, literally every other substance. If you have a narcotic in your pocket that isn't methamphetamine, you'll get a slap on the wrist. You'll get probation, community service, blah blah blah. But methamphetamine, that's seven years mandatory, first offense, um, and fucking dealing, forget about it. Like or even intent to sell, dude. Like fucking paraphernalia. But yeah, I had been selling uh, Xanax to this dude, and he drew. He, I, what I would do is I would just leave it in like you know like the arm of a dumpster where the truck actually picks it up. Oh yeah, I would leave it in that, and he would just pick it up and leave the money for me, right? And so I kind of got like weirded out by him, whatever. One day, and I like watched, and he pulled up. It was like a sports car, and I saw that there was a there was like a there was like a fence in between the front and the back seat. And so there was, like, some kind of, like, it was a cop car, yeah. you know? Like, something to keep the people they had arrested. And so I called him back, and I was like, yo, nice car, dude. And he was like, it's not what you think. So, as it turns out, he was an undercover cop, but he was not seeing me in his capacity as an undercover cop. He just wanted Xanax. <laughs> and, like, we, he was like, all right, well, we're, we'll so you stop selling drugs. I'll leave you alone, and, and we'll just pretend this never happened, all right? And I, I did keep selling drugs after that, but but it wasn't for very long after that. But I was like, okay, yeah, I agree. And so hung up the phone, and then, like, for a long time, I, like, for six months leading up to that point, I'd be getting these, like, weird calls and shit from, like, fucking telemarketers and automated shit trying to sell me a house or fix my car, and I would just ignore them. Give you and, a new mortgage. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I got a call from one of those numbers, uh, like, right after I hung up the phone with him. I swear to God this happened. Hung up the phone, got a call uh, from a number that had been trying to fucking fix my house or my car or some shit. And it was just silent for a minute, and it said, You have been added to our do not call list. Thank you. And then just hung up. Yeah. That's yeah, dude. Fucking weird. Fucking made me. Yeah, it, that was a big part of why I stopped doing this shit. Yeah, I don't blame. Uh, my sister dated a cop. Actually, I lost a friend because my sister dated a cop. Yeah, we were best friends forever and ever. And as soon as my sister started dating this cop, he got weird with me. I, I wouldn't want. I, I would be nervous about that for sure. Well, the thing was, he knew me and my sister hated each other at the time. Uh -huh. So, like, why would I sell him out to some dude dating a chick that I don't like? Yo, but I get it, dude. Like, if you fucking grow up and or have been in a certain environment, it's just like, yeah. it's a good rule of thumb. I don't fuck with no cops, dude. I don't fuck with friends of cops. I don't fuck with cops. Oh, I wasn't friends with him by any means. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, just like, the, that paranoia, while it is paranoia and is probably not rooted in reality, is warranted. Like, your your paranoia of cops is, was he black by chance? Uh, no, he was a white cop. Okay. No, the guy that wasn't your friend. Oh, no, he was white. Yeah, okay. he, was, he was white as can be. Yeah, but I mean, like, dude, paranoia about cops is fucking perfectly natural, dude. I fucking totally get that shit. If I even get the slightest feeling that somebody is even a cop apologist, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I want to talk to you anymore. I could be wrong, but it's not worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't, look, I, I try to leave it as, I don't fuck around like I used to. Mm -hmm. So you get what I'm saying? So I don't mind it as much, but it just sucks because, like, we were friends from preschool. Um, yeah. Uh, and that was what, like, threw a, a real big divide in. Was he, like, into some shit or what? He, he was on and on. Like, he had somebody who said he had stock in a chemical company. He had all the research chemicals, 2CB, 2CT7. Oh, dude, I've tried to synthetic, synthetic masculine and Hell shit yeah. like that. 
So he was into some shit, but I we were boys, you know what I mean? Like I every crime I could have told on him about, I was there for. <laughs> so like there's nothing I can sell him out without selling myself out. Well dude, that's the problem with like an informant. There are dudes that I just don't fuck with because like I got I got a feeling like they're informants and shit. It's like, yeah, they fuck around and do crazy shit too, but they get caught like six times a year. And, like, they're not in prison? Like, why are you out, dude? I, you got caught with an ounce last week, and here you are? I'm not telling you nothing, dude. Yeah, like, you're we're not, we're not, not friends. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's And it's fair, dude, in, in, especially when it was in Maricopa County, dude, like, the fucking war on drugs was ridiculous out there, man. And, like, fucking drug offenders being put on the side of the freeway wearing pink jumpsuits and shit just to fucking em- emasculate them. Like, they give a fuck. Like, they get stabbed with a toothbrush, but they don't want to wear a weird shirt. <laughs> that, I never understood the point of that. Like, you know what? Get the free labor out of it, but it, why are you gonna have to try and embarrass somebody any more than they've already? We all know what they're doing out well, there. Well, prison industrial complex has nothing to do with rehabilitation. Like, it, it has nothing to do with anything other than like it. Cre- it creates money, and so like all the way down to the bottom of the fucking ladder, it, where the cops are, they're incentivized and taught to fucking make more people be in prison for longer. So, like, that's 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 the main reason why, like, if a cop speaks to you, you just keep repeating, like, what do you want? Am I, can I go? Like, what do you want? Like, yeah. like unless I'm arrested, we got nothing to talk about, and if I'm arrested, like, I ain't saying another fucking word. They try to turn you into a caged animal, and then, of course, once they let you out of that cage, you're still gonna need that cage to survive. Yeah, they put, they, they, they take rapists and they put them in rape school, where there's bigger, stronger rapists that rape each other, and then they let them out. Like, not, <laughs> like they didn't fucking what go to rape fuck? boot camp, dude. <laughs> Did you just teach me something? Dude, that's, like, think about it. Like, they make these violent fucking people, and they're like, oh, okay, well, we're going to send you away for a little while. And they put them in a place with all the other violent people who are violent. They're going to learn their tricks from each other. And then they come out learning how to fucking make a taser out of an ashtray. And that's <laughs> in a light socket. Yeah. Like, like of course they're not going to be any better. But that's not the point. The point isn't to make it better. The point is to fucking keep them in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I like I like a good superstition. I almost got arrested one time when I was a kid because a cop stopped. I was hitchhiking, and, and a cop stopped me, and he was like, "Hey, you don't know who picked you up, man. You could have been raped. You could have been killed. It's stupid, and believe me, I know stupid. I'm a cop." And then I just started laughing, at him. <laughs> <laughs> and he put me in the back of his car, but he didn't cuff me or like book me. He just had me sit in the back of his car for like ten minutes and then let me out. I got given a ride. Uh, I got in a car accident right after being like trying to buy drugs. And I had, like, paraphernalia on me, and then the cop gave me a ride. It was a black cop, too. He gave me a ride to the edge of Missouri for the bridge. You can walk into Illinois, and then I walked, like, eight more miles. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, the last time I had a run with a cop, it was when my fucking van got impounded, and he was actually cool about it. He was like, listen, your van's about to get impounded, right? There's nothing I can do about that. That's the law. But uh, we're going to search it once it's down there, so maybe you want to fucking get in there and take anything out of there. You need out. (laughs) I was like, all right, dude. Thanks. Thanks yeah. for the heads up. Yeah, no, that was cool. I did. I happened to not have any drugs on me because I try not to ride dirty. But um, yeah, it, it was it was a nice thing that you did. Every now and then you meet a nice cop, but most of the time I'll fart in your fucking coffee. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, I had one. Uh, I, they they spent like I don't know. I had four or five cops on me for a little bit of weed, and I I asked them nicely. Basically, I was like, look, man, hypothetically, because I knew I was going to jail already. Right. <laughs> I was like, hypothetically, if somebody had just a little bit of pot, that's all they had. Never give it to you. We just give them a ticket so they go on their way and go to work. He's like, oh, well, we'd have to get the dog out here and this and that. And I, he's like, then take you down to the station. And I said, well, I guess you better get that fucking dog, huh? 
Uh, oh yeah, I wrote it out, but I, I sat there. I was real nice, and the cop that drove me back to the station. Nobody ever told me I was under arrest. None of that. And he was. He just told me he's like, just get a weed card and plead not guilty, man. Don't worry about it. He's like, he's like that guy's a fucking asshole. Like he told me the other cop was a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. Most of the time, I'm able to talk my way out of things, which is like, I guess probably white privilege to some extent, but I'm unaware of it. But like, they fuck with me a lot. And I don't know what it, And it's also that I, like, talk shit to them a lot of the times when I see them, depending on the situation. But, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just... I, I, I have managed to get away with everything so far, and that was part of the impotence for fucking not wanting to sell drugs anymore, was, like, the realization that, like, if I stop selling drugs now, I'll be one of the people who got out before that happens. Because it will happen. I will get caught. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shit will collapse on you eventually. Yeah, and so I was like, okay, well, like, I don't have any money to show for it now, but I had all that money for a while. I, like, I, like, ran out the clock of my life a couple of years and fed myself off of this fucking way of life, and now I'm not gonna do it anymore. So I got away with it, you know? Yeah, no, that's the way... I, I'm lucky. I'm very lucky. I used to sell ecstasy like it was going out of style. It is, actually. <laughs> I, <laughs> dude, I bullshit. It. It'll never go out of style with me. Dude, I, st- I have an ecstasy tablet I found on the ground. Like, really? like in a baggie. It has, it's a little blue uh, lightning bolt. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck to do with it, because I don't want it. Like, I already got serotonin sickness so bad, it's coming out of my ears. But, like, fucking, I, I, I just have it, and I think it's kind of a neat... It's almost like having an old stamp, you know what I mean? It's just like a relic. You can save it as a present to somebody, one of your friends. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. surprise them with it. Yeah, yeah, here, here's this. I don't know what it's going to do. Not slip it into their drink or something? <laughs> All right, Ari. <laughs> Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Uh, like, I, I, uh, everyone I know would be like, oh, thanks. They wouldn't care. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't be mad. If you're like, actually, it's already in your drink. I'm like, cool. That's why, like, when, when producers of shows are like, hey, try and get your friends to come. It's like, you don't want my friends to come to your show, man. You don't want my friends here. Like, you're going to have to sh- close the bathroom down at least. And then fucking, you'll have to spray the place for yeah. bed bugs. You're going to have to explain that weird smell away. Yeah, no, it's, it's, you don't want the people I spend my spare time with coming out to comedy shows because they're not going to shut the fuck up. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> the ones that are shutting the fuck up, they're, they're asleep. That's it. We know Eden. This is okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, like, I don't know. And that's the thing about bringers is, like, they want you to just, like, you got to bring ten friends if you want to <laughs> perform on this show. But anyone who's been doing comedy long enough to be any good at it doesn't have ten friends. Yeah, so you're no. kind of out of luck. But I don't have ten friends now, and I'm not even that good at it. It's Well, I mean, you've been immersed in it, though. That's the thing, is if you're immersed in it for any length of time, like, all your friends are other comics. So yeah. they're either there already, or they're doing something else, you know? Oh, so. everyone outside of my roommate. My roommate's the only civilian I know. It, does he? What does he? Does he come to the shows ever? No, he's never been. It's probably because he doesn't think you're funny. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I know he probably doesn't think so. Dude, I've had I've had really good friends who were like, "There's no, I'm not gonna. No, you're not good at it. I don't like your sense of humor. They like other things about me though, and it's actually nice to like. Oh, okay, so there's value in other aspects of me. It puts perspective on the whole it's thing. It's a good way to look at it. I yeah. like that because it's like you know I don't have to focus on this one thing because that makes you two dimensional to yourself, and there's nothing worse than like fucking being a parody of yourself to yourself because you're just like limiting your full breadth of understanding and like the scope of shit that you could do on planet earth you might have other good things going on too and like your comedy will suck too because you'll just be focused on like 
Oh, I'm always funny, but blah, 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 blah. and then it's like, what is this? What is this self-referential loop? Like this girl, this girl's on stage. She's like, oh, I was at an open mic the other day. It's like, okay, we were there too. Yeah. So like, what is unique about? Your <laughs> What's your story? We were here for it. So you have to have other things going on in your life to have anything funny going on. Because being funny is an organic, natural thing that just like happens to you. It's it's like any other art form. You're just an antenna, and like it just gets beamed to you. So you have to be doing a bunch of different shit. I've always felt that way. Like, if I'm putting myself out there a little more, I get more jokes. I, I write about the thing. But I, maybe that's my problem. Thank you. I, lately, I've been immersed in comedy, and I have not been able to write. I've been blocked up. I've just been, been the, fucked do you, up. Do you like other art forms? Uh, not really, man. I'm on video games. I usually exercise, but I've been depressed, so I haven't even been doing that as much. I, I don't know, man. Watch a movie, even. Like, just, like, do something that's going to be soft change of pace for shit or like read a book do you like books do you like poetry uh, like that's the that's the thing is like all art is just stolen so like my my technique is i steal it from other mediums so that nobody can like i don't steal other comedy i just like oh i'll take things that are i like about cartoons or, or that i like from about a book like, you read yeah, some kind of aspect and then or, just yeah. you know like any other art form you just mix this with that and then season to taste repackage and then you're right name on it yeah that's not a bad idea i do need to read more I haven't read no. I started to read the Hunter S. Thompson, the Rum, Rum Diaries, but I just kind of spaced out on it. I can't read that shit because, of, like, the fiction of it, you know? Like, I love Hunter S. Thompson, but, like, I just can't, for some reason, I just can't get into the nonfiction of Hunter S. Thompson. Even though, it, even his, like, nonfiction is, like, half fucking retarded crazy shit, anyways. Yeah, because, like, the style of writing is, is inherently fucking half hyper, hyperbolic and, like, drug tripping. Oh, his, his writing is intense. Like,. It's it's intense for people on that, you know what I mean? It really speaks to people. It's it's hard to understand if you've never done any drugs. Like I didn't really I seen fear and loathing before and after drugs and after drugs I really fell for it more. Well, yeah, it was because it's like it's like the Looney Tunes. It's like you watch it as a kid and it's funny because it's silly and then you watch it as an adult and you're like, "Oh, there's like a whole other layer of humor here that I didn't catch." And like when you're a kid and you watch Hunter S. Thompson, when you watch Fear and Loathing, it's like this this movie swacked out. What the fuck yeah. happened? It's hilarious. And then you get to be a grown up and you're like, oh, but fucking people act like that for real and they yeah. get to those yeah. places. Yeah, it gets to a spot like that. And his prose are fucking perfect. The way that he writes is like music. I love Hunter S. Thompson. So what was uh you're an interesting person, so what was like school like for you? Anyway? It was shit, dude. I dropped out in high school. You did? Twice, I think, actually. Yeah, twice. <laughs> Were you... Because I uh, thought I would go back, and then I was like, yeah, this isn't it. <laughs> well, like, were you, what kind of kid were you? That's what I'm curious about. I was about. loud. I was obnoxious. Were you? Uh, yeah, I was obviously, like, um, mentally ill, just like I am now. But, like, I don't know. I, I, I'd like to think it was apparent that I was, like, a... a, like a like a, a lot of lost potential there because like I'm I, I think I'm clearly bright but I just use it on weird shit and like that's true then and it's true now um but yeah people were mean as fuck to me they would fucking call me faggot and beat my ass they knew I was a faggot before I did so I guess they had something going there but uh what the fuck is that that was just our hood ass neighbors okay they're just slamming doors and shit dude yep. there, was, there was a girl in front of my fucking house yelling on the phone like I don't even fuck with him like, fucking just right in front of the house the other day. It's like, you calm the fuck down. Like, uh, you're like, uh, home sweet home. And then you adjust the little sign next to the door that says welcome. Dude, I hung <laughs> up a fucking fake camera the other day. Did you? Yeah, I might get real cameras, but I found a fucking, a, a broken one, and I just, like, put a little red light in it and put it up on the fucking roof so that, like, people think it's oh. real. I, now I'm broadcasting this. But, yeah, no, I like, put up a little fake camera because, like, yo, people were like, Dude, the other day, somebody came to the back door. It was, uh, it's just some dude, 
and my girl was at home alone. And uh, he starts knocking on the door, the back door, which is yeah. through a fucking gate into a fence, like, way around the house. And she comes up, like, who are you? And he's like, oh, I used to know the people who lived here. And that's not true. The electricity hadn't been on that place for 12 fucking years. So he's lying. And, Whoa. and, he, and he's, he's like, um, okay, so they don't live here anymore. Can you help me? And she's like, no, you got to go. Just leave. <clears throat> And then he leaves and he doesn't come back. But dude, like fucking, if you've ever looked at the neighborhood app and shit, like the fucking the cameras from Ring Security, it's crazy, dude. These people are getting bold, man. They'll walk up and like ignore the motion lights and just like take shit off of people's porches. They don't give a fuck anymore. Oh my god. I guess because uh, porch pirating is getting more popular. I guess I don't know. Like a fucking, it, 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 there's no way that the risk is worth worth that shit because there's a camera. Probably people ring cameras are affordable as fuck. Like oh yeah, they're cheap now. They're, yeah. If you have Amazon, you probably got a ring camera. Like if you're able to afford the one, you probably are able to get the, get the other. But like you're probably gonna walk away with a bunch of fucking dish towels. And, like, your name and face is going to be all over the internet. Like, there's no way this is worth it. I, I, I think about that when it comes to, like, committing crimes. It's like, is this so much easier than just earning it? Like, how could it possibly be that much easier? That's why I think about stealing. Is like, stealing, you're really only stealing from yourself. Because you're robbing yourself of your ability and, and, and your, your confirmation that you're capable of earning something legitimately. You know what I mean? You're, like, robbing yourself of that experience. You know, it's something you lose out on, something you could have done and achieved. Yeah, you just took it, and, like, somebody else earned it, and they still got that. So they're the only person who really got away with anything, and you just took their stupid reward. But the, the thing is, it's just, like, joke theft. Like, if somebody steals your joke, I don't give a fuck if someone steals my joke. I've had that happen to me just recently. That's how I know I'm getting better. I just told I, I just told the dude, and I'm not even going to say his name because it's someone from around here. Yeah. And I love this motherfucker, and he's really funny. But I, he came off the stage, and I was like, yo, that's my joke. And he's and he was he handled it great. He was like, I won't tell it anymore. That's all he said, and he never did. Yeah, that's and, the way. Yeah. Yeah, and and didn't deny it. Didn't fucking do it. He just said, I won't tell it anymore. And that was great. But like, it doesn't really bother me because like, if somebody's stealing my jokes, that means I can write them. You can't. Like, I I have the and, thing I need already. You can take that joke. I'll come up with more. And like, it honestly, in a weird way, it made me feel better because I I had had a lot of. What's the word? Like reassurance mm-hmm. lately, and for somebody to be like, oh, it kind of pockets up. Like I, it was one where I said a joke to them in passing, like it, it, you know, one on one. But I've used that joke on stage. I knew mm-hmm. they hadn't heard it or whatever. But then when I went up there, how that when they referenced me, they told it. Yeah. Yeah, and I was just kind of it kind of made me side eye a little bit. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. It's, like, it's complicated when it comes to just like riffing off stage because it's like I don't, I don't know. It's weird. Um. But yeah, at the end of the day, if somebody like outright fucking plagiarizes your joke, that means like they can't write them. You can write them, so like there's nothing to worry about. That's that's a person to not be worried about. Yeah, they'll fall off. They're not yeah. gonna get a they're not gonna get a gig because of the one shitty joke they stole from you. That's the thing. Like I was saying to you earlier, like this is the one thing you need to know how to do. There's one rule in stand up, and like you you might not even make it if you because I've I've never stolen a joke and I'm I'm not making it at all. But, like, there's one rule in stand-up, and it's write your own shit. You're even allowed to rape people, and you're still going to be allowed to do stand-up. But you have to write your own shit, because Carlos Mencia is done. But I guarantee you Bill Cosby could sell out Madison Square Garden tomorrow. Oh, yeah. There would be people just go see. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, and, and I, I say that with no fucking jest or, like, like, it's a positive thing in the slightest. It's just, like, a hard fact of the way that it, that it operates. Like... People don't respect you if you can't write your own shit. But, like, you can do just about anything else. There are some fucking scumbags in that industry, man. Mm, yeah. 
I've just seen it a couple times. I haven't seen it a bunch, but the few times I have seen it, it just turns me off completely on the person altogether. Like, when they even steal if, jokes? Yeah, like, even if I didn't, like, hate them before and I was... Like, I was okay with them, but indifferent at the same time. It just completely goes negative. Yeah, I just... I, like, I just don't care about them. Like, I don't know. And I try to... Like, dude, I, I, I've been doing a lot better about not thinking about other people so much lately, which is part of the impotence for, like, stopping stand-up for a little while. Is like I just like I, I got too caught up thinking about what other people think of me and what I think of other people and like where they are and what they're doing what they're saying and it's just like it got bad and it got to the point that I was thinking about that more than I was fucking thinking about writing jokes and performing jokes I haven't written a great new bit in a long time dude like the fucking whole time that I've been back here in Tucson I've written like fucking eight minutes on butt plugs and like a whole <laughs> bunch of dumb shit. And, like, nothing really good that I'm, like, really fucking happy with since fucking forever ago. So, like, I just need to, like, refocus my shit and, like, figure out what it, what it is I actually want to be saying on stage. Because I can't just keep going up on fucking, like, same, bullshit. Just, yeah, the same shit you already got. It's not even just the same shit. It's, like, the new shit is there, but it's, like, it's dumb. It's just, like, I don't... It's, there's nothing substantial about it. And, like, I also... When I came back, I came back hot. And, like, I was getting booked on everything. And everybody had a really high opinion of me. Whereas now, not so much. Everybody's kind of got, like, dropped uh, off on it. Um, but... I just... Hold on. Just to be a good friend. I disagree with you. Because I do talk to people still. And everybody I talk to, like, you know, Tony and whatnot, everybody still has a high opinion of me. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure that they have a high opinion of me in a lot... But, I mean, like, as far as, like, my goodwill, uh, I, I think I burned through a lot of that. Um... And also, like, you can't just keep booking someone, you know? Like, they can't headline everything forever. Um, but, like, I kind of, like, rode on those graces for so long that, like, I just wasn't, like, there's there's no, there's no competition here. Um, and I, this is going to sound shitty and, like, arrogant, but it's because, like, there's not a whole lot of people where I am as far as I've been performing for a long time. And, like, I was hungry for a while. And have interesting material, that's the thing. Yeah, and I was hungry for a while, but, like, because I was, I had just been, like, put in a place, like, at the top of the heap, like, I just coasted on it. And now, I think there there are plenty of comics who are funnier than me here in Tucson. Because, like, I just became lazy, and I I haven't been hungry for it in a while. Uh, Yeah, I've, I've, like, progressively gotten more awkward on stage. My material's gotten just more boring. And I think it's just because I feel uncomfortable doing the old stuff with, like, the same kind of, like... Uh, panache, uh, as it were, with, with because like I, I, you you've heard it, like everyone's heard it, and like in this town, like you're performing to your peers mostly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's where you have to riff every set. Yeah. I, I I riff sometimes, but like I don't know, it's just like it's uncomfortable. And then there's like I also like this is part of the problem. Like one of the blocks for me is like I get too caught up in what other people already think of me, you know, like preconceived notions about my shit. And, like, because, like, I've pissed off some people, and, like, some people have had, like, weird run-ins with me, and then some people are just being shitty and petty, and, like, I get too caught up in that shit, and it's like, I, I, I can't be fucking thinking about that at all. Like, the fact that it's even crossed my mind as something to think about, even to say, like, oh, that's something, and then fuck it, like, even that's too much. Like, it has to not be crossing my mind at all before I go up there, b- before I'm going to be, like, focused on stand-up uh, legitimately, because, like, I'm not focusing on the correct thing. 
You have I to need get, to just be doing stand-up because I like doing it. You have to get it off the mind to get it back on the mind correctly. Yeah, you have to care enough to not care. That was, like, one of the best pieces of advice. I got that, like, first week fucking stand-up advice from someone who doesn't even do stand-up anymore, I don't think. But, like, yeah, it was... And, and I didn't even think he was that funny. But, like, it was a great piece of advice. <laughs> it was a great piece of advice. You have to care enough to not care. That's when... That's when you're fucking on fire. You're like, okay, so I gotta go up here. This is serious. This is a set. I'm getting paid for this. Fuck them. And then you like just hit that pocket where you just don't care, you know. And that's where that's where the sweet spot is. You have to know how to fucking sync up in that place and just like hit a rhythm. Oh yeah, it's so unsexy if you care too much. I felt it so many times up there, caring too much. Yeah, because there's nothing funny less funny than someone who's trying to be funny. Like someone trying to be funny is like obnoxious and weird yeah. and uncomfortable. <laughs> Uh, but like yeah dude there was a there was a there's a drag bar in fucking Seattle that would have this talent show and there would be like drag queens and there would be people playing guitar and like all kinds of different shit and they would just let anyone sign up for it and I went there and I, I won their first time because I did stand up and like people were really pissy about it and that's because and it was an audience vote thing and that's because if you're doing stand up correctly it looks like you're not trying uh but you actually know all the moves, but like the, the what they want is someone who's not uncomfortable. It's it's it, more than being funny. It's about body language and like so, understanding what everyone feels and like reacting to it properly and just not being awkward. They need to be able to look up there and be like, okay, this person's supposed to be talking. Oh, I just I just you said mm, drag. drag. <laughs> That's my style. I like the smooth skin. Yeah, the drag queens. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, uh, I was thinking of this. What about RuPaul's actual drag racing? <laughs> like I want to see one of the see one of those bitches burn up. Yeah, Dungeons and Drag Queens. <laughs> That's a podcast right there. I don't or uh, a YouTube series. Drag. I, I'm one. I was talking to someone about this yesterday. Like, why uh, have the transgender people not come for drag yet? Like, like as like a movement as like a, the, because like they're kind of just parodying. Like, they're, like, men dressed up as women, and they're, like, eh, eh, and they're, like, jumping around. Like, you would think that would piss them off, right? I, I'm saying this from a place of naivete. Like, I Competition, I get it. I genuinely don't understand why it's, like, because I don't fully agree with either ideology, but I don't see why they're not, like, sworn enemies based on what I've seen. Because drag queens are fucking mean, dude. They're funny <laughs> as hell, but they're mean as shit. And they're straight up like, no, I'm a dude dressed up like a lady right now. Like, I'm not trans. I'm a dude dressed up like a fucking lady right now. And, like, it's a joke. It's funny to me that I am a man dressed as a lady. That's the whole joke. And, like, trans people, it doesn't seem to be upsetting them. And maybe it's because they're, like, like vetting their allies, right? They're like, oh, okay, well, it's like part of the gay community, and so, like, we're... Yeah, trans. we need to keep certain people I'm, I'm saying this is... I'm not saying this is, like, I have an opinion. <laughs> I'm saying I genuinely have no idea why that's not happening, and I want someone to explain it to me. Uh, uh, You're I, a drag queen. Tell me. I can tell you this. <laughs> if I see a drag queen and a trans fighting, I don't know who to root for. <laughs> I'm just like... Uh, <laughs> all I know is I'm, I'm, I'm gonna fucking both. <laughs> I'm gonna get something out of yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go fight each of them. <laughs> We go to fight fuck. I've seen these porns. Yeah, Jesus Christ, dude. Have you noticed that Mormons have been walking around in groups of three instead of two lately? Really? Yeah, dude. They got three kids, and I, I was thinking like, yo, that must be because they saw the porn and they're like trying to fight against that porn, and that's not gonna help. Like, if there's three of them, it's not gonna improve the situation. Ah, oh, fucking Mormon. 
porns. The Mormon porn is hilarious. You know you can use them like the Jehovah's Witnesses to bother somebody? Yeah, you can send them to people's yeah. houses. Yo, the Jehovah's Witnesses came to my house one time in Sunny Slope, and there was like an old lady and a young girl, and they were, it was hot as fuck. So I was like, come inside and get some water, whatever. I'm always nice to missionaries because I feel bad for them. Like, yeah, they're, they're, they're like, oh, it's my life's mission. And then you end up in fucking Mesa, Arizona with someone you hate. They're like, it's it's got to suck. So I had them come in, and the Jehovah's Witnesses, they straight up just said to me that when you die, nothing happens. And that was it. They just left. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, like these guys. I was like, cool, thanks, man. They're, they're like, yeah, uh, should we come back next week? I'm like, come back anytime you want. That's great. That, I love your message. That's the shit, dude. That's the most honest message you could get, get from a missionary. Dude, my, my, bro, my, my, friend, my friend Jordan, his dad was Jehovah's Witnesses. And one time I left my poetry book when I was in like high school, my bad poetry book in his house and his dad threw it out in the yard because he said it was disrupting the flow of Jehovah <laughs> why is he reading like, the poetry did how, he have a fucking crush on you how, how weak is God that he's afraid of my too many pronouns in my fucking poetry <laughs> like chill out we they them yeah chill out I don't know the brohovah's witnesses do uh, so, like, I did you do anything in high Did you do, play any sports? Did you, like, do any extracurriculars? I was in speech and debate, but I didn't really do the debate aspect of it so much. There's, like, other events. It's just, it just give somebody the bird and curse at them? Well, no, I did that recreationally, but after I dropped out. I uh, But the, the, there's an event called Impromptu, which is, like, they give you a piece of paper with three subjects on it, and you pick one of those subjects, and then you have two minutes to sit there and think about it, write about it, and then you have five minutes to talk about it. And then they, like, judge the people in a competition format for that. And then there's, like, acting, and there's, like, a bunch of other stuff. Um, yeah, I did that, and I, I played chess, like, a little while. I was in the chess club. And, like, a little bit of drama, but I didn't really like the drama kids or anything. Like, I was, I was, you, I was, I was you, in punk bands and shit, mostly. Did you, did you do any plays? No, no. No. I mean, when I was real young, I was in this, like, fucking thing where I sang the everything's up to date in Kansas City. <laughs> I was straight up like a hobo catching a train. Yeah, uh, gay hobo. Yeah, yeah, a, a, a hobo, a hobo, a homosexual. Um, no, yeah, I did that, and like, I don't know, I, I, I was in punk bands and shit. Like, I liked doing that, and I liked fucking around with my friends. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't like doing anything that you were uh, structured required to do. Yeah, I was like, I, like I skipped the first grade when I was a kid. Really? Yeah, and because I was like, I already knew how to read and write, and I already knew how to do math. I knew how to count, so like, they were like, oh, okay, so you don't need to be here. And they sent me ahead, which I think might have been, like, the first bad move that set off why I'm so fucked up now. Because, like, I like I was just awkward in, in, in a group of people that I were above We're at the same age. Yeah, yeah, when you're that young, like, a year is a big age gap. Um, but uh, then, like, around fifth grade, I just decided I didn't care anymore. Like, I, I had been winning spelling bee trophies and shit. And, like, <laughs> around, around fifth grade, I was just like, I stopped giving a shit. I stopped doing anything. And then, like, a, like sophomore year of high school, I barely went to class. Barely. I just picture you polishing a spelling bee trophy. Just... <sighs> yeah, no, I, I, I had all that shit. And I fucking... I had... I, I had like two friends I was kind of awkward and weird and then like fifth grade I just decided I didn't give a shit I didn't like any of these kids I didn't like any of these teachers I just didn't like it you just didn't like this whole setup I just don't like being told what to do I don't know why I don't like other people they're able to manage it and like even if they're like manipulative fucking um like like Machiavellian type people they're like oh I'll do what he says now 
And then later. Like, I, I can't even do that. If someone tells me what to do, like, I'm not doing it. Like, even if I wanted to do it before they said that. Like, if, like, if you say, go and do that, it's like, oh, I was going to, but now I never get to do it because you just told me what to do. Like, I hate being told what to do. It's a real problem, which is why I've always only had success making my income, fucking doing it, just me. Like, I can't have a normal job. Like, I always end up mouthing off to fucking someone. That's how I get fired every time, man. I just can't take it. I, I lose my... Sh- I, I, I'll do it for you if I like you. You get what I'm saying? If I like you as a person and you're asking me to do something, I'll do that. But if you're a fucking prick to me, I won't do that for you. Mm-hmm. And it's called... I, I've lost multiple jobs because I've just basically told the boss to go fuck themselves. Yeah, I, I walked out... When I, t- I told you I worked at Denny's, that was like one of the best jobs I ever had because I started working there as the dishwasher. And from day one, I was like, as soon as I don't feel like being here, I'm out. Like, I, I knew that it was a disposable job. It wasn't important to me at all. And I was going to stay there until the moment I didn't feel like it. And so, like, even past the food poisoning, I fucking worked there for a little while. And then one day, the fucking boss came back, yelled at me. And it was in the middle of a rush. And I was like, I'm out. And I just fucking left. I left <laughs> in the middle of a rush, left everyone there. And I didn't give a fuck. It felt really good. Uh, I quit a, I quit on a Kmart on a Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I quit at a place called Grocery Outlet. I don't know if they have that here, but they had it in the Northwest. It's just, like, fucking, like, second-run food, you know. And I was head of the frozen department, which is to say I was the one guy who worked in the frozen department. So I would was in the freezer alone all day long. And, like, I, I would, like, lock it and shit and, like, make little thrones and smoke drugs in there by myself. <laughs> Good. And people would, like, knock on it and be like, don't come in, I'm naked. <laughs> yeah, you're, and, you're your cold kingdom. Yeah, and then one day the boss, who was on a work release program from fucking prison because he had tried to pick up a 14-year-old girl off of Craigslist and it turned out to be an undercover cop. Well, and then he was there, bad. like, he was there during the day uh, from prison and at night he was in prison. And, like, he was such a dick, dude. And he just reminded me of high school principals and shit because he'd be like, hey, you can't wear your headphones at work and pull your pants up. Like, you're a child molester. Fuck you. And one day, he was like, this is the this is the pettiest thing I've ever quit a job over. He was like, hey, I need you to move those boxes. And I was like, yeah, I was about to. And he looked at me like this. He went... And I was done. I was like, I'm out. Dude, I'm fucking not taking this from a fucking child molester. And I just left. Yeah, that's... The- Oh, I would just push him over, walk away. Yeah, I, I had pissed, dude. I had one time uh, a kid shit in the, uh, the dressing room <laughs> uh, at Kmart. Uh-huh. And uh, the boss comes up to me and tells me, I'm 16, mind you. She's like, well, somebody's shit in the dressing room. You need to go get some stuff and clean that up. First off, I don't know where anything is to clean that up anyway. Mm-hmm. Second off, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went and I, I smoked weed and hid in the back in the big layaway section and I ran into her in the break room. She's like, I cleaned that mess up and I just want to be like, good, good, yes you did because I'm not doing it, I'm 16. Yeah, I got fired from a Savers, like a value village. Yeah. Because I stole like a lot of shit. Like a lot of shit. Like a lot, a lot of shit, dude. Over a long period of time. And they let me do it for a while to keep catching me on the camera doing it and shit and they were like... they. Like at the day they, the day they fucking brought the hammer down and shit, they were like, they were like, all right, you gotta leave and you gotta bring everything back or we're calling the cops. And I brought like half the shit back. Mm. And, and dude, it, it was it was beautiful. Like I stole like a whole drum kit from there. I stole like a bunch of books. Like I stole a lot of shit. And I don't give a fuck, dude. Like places like Goodwill, this is a for profit fucking company, right? Yeah. And they exist off of donations. So they're basically doing the same thing that I do. They're dumpster diving shit that people don't want. 
They get thrown into the fucking Goodwill bin, and then they try and fucking sell it. Like, you think you're like, that much better because you have this work program where there's, like, a fucking Down Syndrome kid getting a thumbs up on the side of your fucking van. Like, I'm not impressed. Like, this is oh, trash. I'm, I'm happy taking to some be here. Yeah, I'm <laughs> taking your trash. Uh, yeah, and, and dude, I, I pull up to the fucking bins behind Goodwills and, and at night, and I take the shit that's being donated. I don't give a fuck. Arrest me. I used to do that too. I didn't even know that was illegal, but I did that because I don't know if it is illegal. I yeah. Unless it straight up says no trespassing, and I've read about it in Tucson. Unless there is a sign that specifically says no trespassing, you can do whatever you want. You're allowed to be in dumpsters. You're allowed to take whatever you want out of the trash unless it says no trespassing or it has a lock on it. Yeah, I we did that. It was off a back loading dock on Sunday nights because they were closed on Sundays. We'd go there and just sift through what we wanted and then take it and go. Yeah, dude, Bianca's only chair is from the fucking trash. I pulled that out of the trash for Like, everybody everybody in this town's got a piece of trash that I found. That's the worst part is, like, people are so shitty about, like, oh, you're dumpster diving, your hands are gross. First of all, my hands are beautiful. And secondly, like, everybody's weird about it until they're like, oh, that thing's cool. You should just let me have that because you found it in the trash so it was free. It's like, you don't know what I go through. Like, every day I'm in the fucking trash, dude. At least throw you five to twenty bucks. Give me some money, yeah. Like, I'll hook you the fuck up, but, like, give me some fucking money, dude. And, like, like, I'm a resource because I got everything you've ever wanted. I found it in the fucking trash. I found everything you've ever wanted in the trash. I guarantee it. Um, a Russian hooker. A Russian hooker. That's not. That's not even in that bin. That's that's compost. <laughs> that's compost. Oh, very nice. So, what's your like? What's your best comedy memory, anyway, man? Like, I'm honestly curious. Oh, my best comedy memory. My friend Meredith. Yeah. Uh, in Seattle, had committed suicide. Uh-huh. And uh, no, she was a good friend. She was a good person. She wasn't much of a comic, but she was a good friend, and a good person. Yeah. And I had just, I had just roasted her like a couple weeks before that, and she had a really bad breath. And I, I said, "Talk about offensive! Your breath smells like the N word." <laughs> oh, that's a good line. And uh, yeah, so she killed herself a couple weeks later, and then like the next night, uh, it was like, "There's this show that I happened to be booked on." Like I didn't know that it was going to be the night after she killed herself, but because it happened to be. Everybody in the whole fucking Seattle area, which is huge, like all the comics were there and just like packed out this venue, Blue Moon, which was the room that she ran and booked. And I was on that show and like everybody was going up and everyone was there and they, and they were all being like sad and like bummed out about it. And then I went up and I opened with, but enough about Meredith. And the sound that they made, it was really satisfying to me. And I wish that I was able to emulate it more often because it was like, it was like, it was like a begrudging sort of laugh and they were angry that I said it, but they were also like, there was a lot of like, happy um, to be over it. No, it was, it was gallows humor, dude. That was a time, that was a time where like everybody kind of bonded over the fact it's like, yeah, we can say whatever we want about this because it's all, it's understood by all of us that this was bad. Like that sucks that this happened. And so like people were saying ruthless shit to like her boyfriend and shit. And he had a great sense of humor about it. Because it was like, it was understood, like, all of us are miserable about this, we're just getting through it. And that was, like, the closest that community ever felt the whole time that I fucking did stand-up in Seattle. They, they had a memorial the night after that, and her her mother, her father, and her sister came. And and everybody was, like, all her friends were going up on stage and, just, like, saying things about her. And they were trying to keep it super serious, and the place was fucking packed. It was, like, Jai Tai on a fucking weekend, which was, like, a big venue in Seattle. And her sister went up and just wouldn't shut the fuck up. Like, kept talking and talking and talking, drunk as hell. It was clear that it was Meredith's sister. And, like, ended up puking in a bucket and falling <laughs> into the fucking bucket and spilling That's it fair. everywhere. And then 
her dad went up um, and he was like crying at the beginning of it, but he started telling this story about how she had been on the like the running team, the whatever the track team, and she wasn't good enough at running without like she was clumsy, so she would like fall over, and <laughs> so they put her as the person who would go and get the water, even though she was on the team, and like he was being sad. He was she was the water runner, and she, he was trying to tell this story about her, but the crowd started laughing. Because it's just, like, silly, because, like, she was too clumsy, so she started getting the water. And you could see, like, something in his head, like, clicked. He's, like, he heard them laughing, and he started to, like, ham it up. And he started, like, he started doing stand-up. Like, it was his, it was his, fa- it was the her father's experience to, like, oh, this was what she was doing. Like, I get this now. And it was a beautiful fucking moment. Uh-huh. Like, it was, it was the, it was the only chance he ever had to see why she did what she was doing. Yeah, and because they didn't have much of a relationship up until that point, I guess she had trouble with drugs and shit. But yeah, was, that's, that's 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 the great part about having a sense of humor. It's like you know, they don't cancel people for trying to make jokes about shit as long as they have a good sense of humor. That's all it is. Like if someone's just using, if if something's really fucked up and it pisses you off and it hurts your feelings, it needs people to joke about it more than anything else. Like that's what really needs you to have a joke about it. But like. You know, use common sense. Look someone in the eye. Try to see if they're actually being malicious. Because if they're trying to just make light of something because it it, it hurts, then they, they should get a fucking pass. Hey, man. I, first time I ever did stand-up was technically my high school sweetheart's funeral. Really? Yeah, like, I didn't realize I was doing it, but I had one friend there with me. And I just started making fun of everybody I'd seen in line. Because it was like an hour wait in line. Uh-huh. So I just I just ripped it up and I had him die laughing. He's like, "This is a funeral. We can't we can't laugh." And I said, "Bullshit! I'm in some of those pictures up there on that wall. I guarantee I'll say what the fuck I want." Yeah, I hate that shit. Like, hey, you're coping wrong. Yeah. Like, yo, th- this is making me feel better. And like, I had been inside her. I feel like I had more of a reason you to like. Fucked a dead girl. Dude. <laughs> yeah, more than one, dude. Yeah, dude. That's and then I I think that's reasonable. Like, people should be able to fucking process shit however the fuck they want. And this thing about, like, people being triggered and people being hurt by their traumas and shit, like, if you're triggered, that's your fucking problem, dude. The world doesn't need to fucking conform to you and your feelings about fucking anything. It's your job to figure out how to operate within it. You can keep talking about how things should be all day long, but I'm telling you how it is, and the world does not fucking revolve around you. If your feelings are hurt, deal with it. Like, that's the way it is. Yeah, we're, we're all, we're not going to react because you just feel bad. Yeah. The whole world doesn't have to focus on you because you felt a certain way. Yeah, you we all to... We all feel certain ways all the time, right? Yeah. Like, I don't like Mexicans. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I mean, I got a couple in my family I don't, I don't like either. I don't dislike them. They're fine. They're fine. Dude, I found, uh, did I tell you, uh, I found a, a, a copy of a DVD that says fucking uh, Latina bitches that love it in the ass. Oh, that sounds like something I could be into. It's like, yeah, it's, but it's redundant, right? It's like, you could just say Latina bitches. We get it, you know? You don't yeah. need to just say that they love it in the ass. It's like Latina bitches that don't smell wonderful. We get it, you know what I mean? She's trying not to have another kid, so she loves it. Latina bitches that can't, can't, uh, can't... Can't swallow. Can't live past 30. <laughs> <laughs> Latina bitches that are buried under a railroad. <laughs> Dude, I had I had a Latina bitch in there. You're gonna have to cut that whole part out. <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't. It'll be alright. I had one in the psych ward though, like one of those straight Latina bitches. Like I I'm pretty sure she got out of jail because she had prison tattoos all up and down her face and neck. And then she's just being a nurse in the psych ward. 
And like one fat white bitch got smart with her, and I just kind of like cringed up, just like, oh, she's gonna hit her. <laughs> everyone I've ever talked to who's been to prison, who's done like real serious hard time, they're like, yeah, everyone in there is fucking scary and they're hard, but the Mexicans, those motherfuckers will kill you in cold blood, not give a fuck. Like those are the people you don't you don't fuck with, because like apparently those are the real scary cold blooded motherfuckers. And I say that with all due fucking respect, dude. Like, yeah. that's that that's real shit. Man. I'm keeping the name out the mouth. Yeah, yeah that's that's rough, dude. That's uh, I mean, if you you have every single race, like, yo, you don't fuck with Mexicans. Like, that's that's serious shit. All right, well, fuck, we've hit an hour. Let's go with the final question. Uh, okay. So, Eden, what's your biggest come up in a less than reputable way? Like, what did you come across where you had a nice payoff? I stole a hundred dollars from Drew Carey one time. The Drew Carey. The Drew Carey. Holy shit! <laughs> How? Okay. Well, I, I've always wanted to like meet him and tell him this story, even though like he doesn't like he's gotten laser eye surgery and he's skinny now. He looks like Ellen DeGeneres. Like I've always wanted to tell him the time that I stole a hundred dollars from him. Because <laughs> I was working for the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals as okay. as a fucking fundraiser in the streets. And uh, we were like, hey, you know, the canvassers, like, we, yeah, yeah, I raised like $30,000 yeah. for the, the fucking animal welfare division of that shit. And uh, Drew Carey, it was in Seattle, Drew Carey owns the soccer team out there. Um, so he came walking by me and I was like trying to get people's attention. And I literally just looked him in the eye and I, I said, come on, Drew. And he laughed. <laughs> and he put, gave me a $100 bill. He put it on my clipboard and just kept walking. But we weren't a cash-accepting campaign. He needed to use his card to do that donation. But he was long gone. So I just put it in my pockets. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fucking sweet. Yeah, dude. Uh, I raised over $30,000 for that uh, organization, though. So, like, I, I did my time. I saved puppies. I made memories, yo. Yeah, you put in the work. And that's a hard job, dude. I did that fucking Planned Parenthood in Seattle, and like people spit on you and call it a baby killer. It's hot as fuck. <laughs> because you're trying to get money for the animal shelter? No, for the Planned Parenthood campaign, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That, really? In Seattle, they're calling you a baby killer? Dude, in Washington, it's like there's a weird little pocket of like there's the there's Seattle, and then there's Olympia just below it, little Tacoma. Uh, and then if you get outside that little metropolitan area, it gets real fucking right wing real fast. There's real a lot right of rednecks right. out there, dude. There's a lot of rednecks out there. I dealt with a few of them up in Birch Bay. Where's that? Uh, Birch Bay is the last town before Vancouver in Washington. Oh, okay. Yeah, I spent some time out there, but they make some rednecks, no doubt. Yeah, dude, like uh, Astoria in fucking Oregon. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of fucking shitheads out there. Not that left-wing people aren't shitheads, too. Let's be fair. You're not all that interesting. Get over yourself. Ugh. Portland was fucking boring for that reason. Everybody was like a fucking clown on a unicycle as like a sexual orientation. It was that pissed so me off. That sounds kind of hot, dude. Dude, Maybe it bothered there. me so much. Everybody was so interesting and fun. And, oh, I got fucking tattoos of hamburgers on my man tits. And don't call me they. Call me uh, there. And I've got a cool hobby. Look at yeah, it. Yeah, dude. But my name was spelled wrong by my parents. <laughs> and now I can't stop fucking to save uh, my life, dude. All right, uh, shut up. I have to take pictures of snakes so people know I'm real. You guys want to <laughs> hear about my fucking basil that I grew? Because I'm a faggot. <laughs> <laughs> No, only if it's rosemary. That's my herb. Dude, Portland fucking sucked, dude. I lived in Portland for a year, and it sucked. <laughs> I'm sure it's great, and I sucked. Like, really, everywhere that I've been was fine, and I, I'm a piece of shit, but I, I really, like, there's something about 
Portland just makes me cringe and like the people there and how they they expect everything to like work around them and it's just like oh we're at a fucking brunch at two o'clock in the afternoon four white people solving racism loud as fuck and we haven't seen a black person in months oh shit we never okay well let's go full circle we, I had that dark story that you wanted me to talk about yeah okay so um like I said well, let me reframe it so have you ever known someone like you got a call from a family member and they've been like you know what the, do you know so and so and you're like yeah I know him and it, it plays it up fuck <laughs> god I'm fucking this to shit so this guy went to school with murdered two chicks and then shouted out with the cops oh wow yeah cool. yeah that's I, cool yeah I graduated I mean the shooting out with the cops part is cool yeah I graduated with him crazy man but uh, I didn't think that you had graduated <laughs> I I did early actually surprisingly sick. Yeah, so, no, what, what weirded me out about it was, he was, like, a really nice guy, and my mom's asking me these questions, and I'm just like, yeah, I knew him through so-and-so, it's okay, and, uh, I, I, she, she finally hit, she goes, well, he, he killed two ladies, I was like, that, I couldn't believe it, he's a nice guy, he's one of those nice people that now that when I think about it, like, what one of those two chicks do? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, no, I've, I've thought that shit before. Like, not that it's ever warranted to fucking chop no, somebody's head off. No, not at all. But, like, what the fuck did you say to someone that they chopped your fucking head off? Because he was never that guy that you would think would kill somebody. So there was this dude named Jasper. Uh, maybe it's fucking wrong that I'm telling this story, but I, I guess I'm going to tell it. Because it's, it's, it's like public domain. You can just Google this shit. It was a person that I went to high school with, and he was, like, a real dick to me. He was, like, a bully to me. He would beat the shit out of me. He'd throw my fucking backpack in the toilet and piss on it. Like... Real piece of wow. shit, and he was like on the football team. Like he was, he was like a cliche fucking dude, like a, like a jock, like an asshole, right? And after I dropped out, I heard this story where he had uh, apparently gotten some bad drugs, uh, and uh, they were like laced with something. I don't know the, what he got. Bad salts. But apparently, he didn't show up to his football game, and um, they were like, "Okay, so we got to go with him." And they called in someone else, and um, he pulled into the parking lot. And picked up like a little, little, little girl in the parking lot while blacked out and raped her. And oh my god, uh, they caught him. And uh, he woke up, he came to, and uh, with no memory of what had happened, he woke up in a fucking prison cell. And they told him what he did, so he fucking hung himself. And like, I was like, wow, dude, that dude was an asshole to me, but like, I kind of respect him there. Dude. Oh, yeah, for like, finally, I fucking respect you for that shit, dude. Like, you, like, you. You did the right thing in that moment. Yeah, if that was a true drug binge, which obviously it was, because there's no way I could live with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That told that showed me that he had a fucking conscience. You know what I mean? Like he, despite he all the horrible shit he did to you. Yeah, he was a piece of shit to me. But like at the end of the day, it's like Jasper did the right fucking thing in that moment. Good for him, man. That's yeah. fucking tight. Yeah, I wonder how the little girl feels. Yeah, I I don't know you. I, Personally, I think I I can't speak, but I me I think I would feel safer knowing that person's dead. Maybe yeah, I don't know. I'm sure that you feel conflicted by shit like that, dude. Trauma is a fucking weird. Yeah. Way. And there's there's um, what's it called? Like uh uh, when you have like you have like an attachment to the person who's your your abuser. What's that called? Munchausen Munchausen syndrome is that it? Uh no, it's something else. But either way, like like it, like abuse is fucking uh it's is a complicated thing. Like you know you get traumatized by someone you're fucking not sure how you feel about them. Like and people are nuanced and you know that and you're like I, I don't know like because like that person was shitty to me but now I have a different side of him that I see and like yeah he was still a piece of shit at the end of the day but when he did that at the end it's like I gotta respect that you did that fucking one thing that was you did the right fucking thing in that instance. The dude. last thing you did was right. Yeah. So. Good for him. Good, 
Shouts out Jasper, dude. Jasper in yeah. heaven. Yeah. I mean, thanks for making that one right decision. Yeah, man. All right, well, I think it's about time, Eden. Thanks All for right. coming around, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for ha- how many of these questions did you even get to? Uh, like three. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling fucking weird, so thank you for carrying the weight. I appreciate you, man. That's cool. I got stories, man. Thanks for having me. Right. Bye. Yeah.